This message comes to you from Withenshaw Community Church, Manchester. We hope that you are inspired and challenged by God's Word. Good morning, church. I hope you are having a wonderful time in the presence of the Lord. I'm here to talk about a few things that ministered to me at the conference that we have just had in Bradford. So I haven't got much time and I'll go straight to the point. The topic or the theme of the conference was grow. And I think that was a very important theme because we just have to grow in our walk with Christ, in our faith as Christians, we need to grow. And if ever we come to a place where we feel that we are there, I think that is a dangerous place. So Pastor Chris Hodges from America was talking about opening our eyes. That was the topic of his message, open your eyes. So you may ask me to say, Brother Terence, did you travel all the way to Bradford to be told that you need to walk with open eyes? And I'm glad you asked that question because I'm going to refer you to a passage of scripture in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 16 to 18. And this is Paul speaking. He says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the Father of all glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. Listen to this verse 18. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. So, when we say open your eyes, we are not talking of the natural eyes, but the eyes of the heart. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened. So, the passage that he referred to was John chapter 4, in which Jesus talks with the Samaritan woman. And after Jesus had ministered to the Samaritan woman, she ran back to her town and also witnessed to uh, maybe 40, 50 people in the town. We're not told exactly how many people she talked to. But a bunch of people then ran back to Jesus. And at that same time, Jesus' disciples returned from wherever they had gone to. And they asked Jesus if he wanted something to eat. But at that particular moment, his focus was not on food or any of these things. Jesus was focused on ministering to the people that had come, people that needed to be saved, people that needed to be brought into the kingdom of God. So that was very challenging because sometimes we focus on the natural things, on the food that we can eat. But Jesus said, I have food that you know not of. And he goes on to say that my food is to do the will of him who sent me. So I could see that although the disciples meant well in bringing food to Jesus, it was probably the wrong time. The focus on Jesus, Jesus' focus was not on food, but on preaching the gospel to the people that had come. So sometimes we get caught up in the things of this world, things that we think are important, and yet 
you and I have got a mandate. We have an obligation to preach the gospel. That should be our food. That should be our daily food. Are we seeing what God is saying? Are we in sync with what God is doing? Are we hearing what God is hearing? My prayer for us as a church is that we walk with open eyes, that we are in tune with what God is doing in our midst. Because I think that God has a plan for each and every one of us. God has a plan for his church. And we have not yet exhausted what God has for us. There is somewhere in the scripture where it is um, talked or it is referred to people with eyes that cannot see, people with ears that cannot hear. And I declare that that is not our portion in Jesus Christ. We want to be in tune with what God is doing in our midst. Um, like I said, I've only got five minutes. I'm aware that there are other people that are going to be sharing or maybe they've shared already about their experiences at the conference. That's all I have for you. And may God bless you all. Uh, just one last thing. This Saturday, may I take this opportunity to remind all the men that our men's breakfast is this Saturday at 9.30 to 11.30. And we have a wonderful speaker, a trained, a qualified, qualified um, trainer who will be um, taking a session on team building. Hoping to see you all. And may God bless you all. Bye-bye now. Amen. Wasn't that good? Um, so next um, on the list, we have Auntie Evelyn, who's going to share. It was a wonderful, wonderful uh, conference. I wish we were, we were all there and experienced the presence of God in your life. I'm hoping one day we will all go together. We thank God for such a wonderful thing he did at the conference. And he's taught us so much. He taught us something from Luke chapter 5. He taught us that uh, Jesus went to the Galilee shore the whole water, you all know Galilee Shore is the fresh water, which is down, down, down below there. But he still went there. And he saw two boats. Ask yourself, two boats, are you one of that boat? And he went into one. Why didn't he go into the other one? And he went into this one which was Simon's own. It was because he sent something in Simon that he can use. So he went in, taught the people who were following him, and later he told Simon, go into the deep. Simon said, Papa, hold on. We've told the whole night. We didn't get anything. And now you are asking us to go again. But as you have said it, we will do what you've asked us to do. Are you the type that when you hear his voice, you listen? 
you do it, or you are the type that will say, oh, later. Later doesn't come. It, it has never, ever come. It is now, which is the word, now. As you've said it, we will do it. So he did it. And what happened? We all know the story. The fish he caught, the fishes he caught, he couldn't even drag the net. He had to share with the next boat. And still there was still some in there which couldn't come out. God is telling you something. If you give yourself up, if you surrender all, because Peter left everything and followed. If you surrender all, Pastor uh, Hogins said something. He said, people see him. And the first question is, what's your job? Oh, I'm a pastor. People who doesn't know God, what is a pastor? Then he starts. He starts. And then, by all of a sudden, people changes. And they accept God. If you make yourself a platform for him to stand on, you will be a fisher of man. Because he told Peter, from now on, you are not for fish anymore, but you are for man. We want to be for man and not for fish. So we need to give ourselves up. Lord, we surrender. Look at your life and tell yourself, why should I drown? Like the people during Noah's time. They didn't listen. They didn't. When Christ was calling them to enter into him, into his kingdom, they didn't. And they got drowned. So if you don't listen, if you don't surrender, as Peter did, Peter surrendered and came. And he was used. He could even stand in front of somebody and said, you, look at me well. Get up and walk. This is what we want to do, isn't it? We want God to work his purpose through us. So let's surrender to him and tell him, Lord, take our lives and let it be consecrated to thee. Let our lives be a platform for him to work his purpose. Because he said, what I have done, I'll do more than that. If you allow me to use you, I've done some, but there are more to come. We don't know that more, but if you allow, that more will come through you, and we will give the glory to God. I deduce all these from that sermon that uh, uh, evangelist uh, Morris gave, and I realize we are, uh, I am far below, and I need to come up. So I'm sharing with everybody, check yourself. Check yourself well and ask yourself whether you are on the right path, whether you are a platform for Christ, whether you are just a fisherman in the sea. No, we don't want to be in the sea. We want to come out and bring people into the kingdom. 
that is what we are aiming for. So at the end of the day, there is a song which says, in my father's house, there is a place for me. So at the end of the day, there will be a place for you in our father's house. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Wasn't that good? Um, next, we have um, Pastor Fabian, who's going to share. Thanks, Kalango. Yeah, it was an awesome, it was a beautiful and a very powerful conference, and it was a privilege for me to be there. Uh, we had Chris Hodges, who's a pastor from Alabama, and we had Nathan Morris. Have you heard of Nathan Morris? From England, he's from England. So, a wonderful evangelist. So, very powerful, but there's one... And of course, they spoke on many, many topics, and each one was so blessed, and we really enjoyed all of them. But just in this short five minutes, I just want to speak about one particular session that uh, Pastor Chris gave, and he entitled it, Dress for Success. Dress for Success. I mean, it's not the physical dress or the clothes that we are wearing. But it's about the spiritual dress that we need to put on. And he shared from the book of Exodus, chapter 2, no, sorry, chapter 28 and verse 2. It says there, and you shall make holy garments for Aaron, your brother, for glory and for beauty. Another translation says, to give him dignity and to give him honor. You see, the anointing of God is available for each person. However, it won't come unless we are dressed for success. So he gave us a few points that we can learn from uh, based on this scripture and also the rest of chapter 28 as well. So the first thing he shared was that we all should wear the crown of holiness over our mind. In other words, we need to take every possible measure to stay pure. To stay pure. Keep away from all the things of the secular world, the distractions, the temptations, the lusts, the things that go on in this world. Keep away from them. The internet, all the social media, and let that not interrupt your pure purity your relationship with God. Stay holy. Have an intimate relationship with God. Pray. Read His Word. Study His Word. Meditate on His Word. In other words, try to remain as pure as possible. Put on the crown of holiness over your mind. That's the first one he shared. The second one he shared was put on the breast piece of relationships over your heart. The breast piece of relationships over your heart. In other words, take out bitterness from your heart. If you have bitterness, bitterness against someone, forgive them. Let it go. It's not really worth it. You know, sometimes people say something to us and we keep that thought in our, in our mind, in other words, in our heart, all the rest of our lives. It could be a teacher, it could be a pastor, it could be a leader, it could be a friend, it could be a family member. And that goes on lingering in your heart for years and years and years. 
But what we need to do is to rub that off. Rub that off. Reverse that curse. And, you know, move forward. Forgive. Take out all the bitterness from your heart. That's the second thing you need to do. Wear the breast piece of relationships over your heart. The third one is put on the garment of rest for your soul. You know, we are, all of us are trying hard. Many of us are trying hard and hard and hard to do things, but we're not succeeding. Why? Because we don't take enough rest. We don't take rest. Once in a while, we need to take rest. We need to have the Sabbath. Take rest. You know, this pastor, Chris Hogg, Hodges is a pastor of 38,000 people. His church has 38,000 people. But still he says he makes a point. Every Monday he takes rest. He doesn't do anything related to his church. He just goes out, chills and enjoys himself. We need to have rest because that refreshes our batteries, recharges our batteries and we can do much more for the kingdom of God. So take rest, he says. Put on the garment of rest for your soul. Number four is put on the garment of praise for your spirit. In other words, get your joy back. Come on, speak to someone and say, get your joy back. Tell someone, get your joy back. You know, no matter what you're going through, no matter what we're going through, we all go through situations in our lives where it's hard, but we need to praise the Lord even in that situation. We need to get our joy back. So we need to put on the garment of praise for our spirit. And finally, the last one he shared was, we need to put on the oil of unity over our head. The oil of unity over our head. You know, we interact with people on a daily basis. And definitely we come across people who we don't agree with. We want to criticize. We want to talk bad about. And that's natural. But what happens is, when we have such an attitude, it doesn't help at all. We need to be people who are encouraging someone, edifying someone, lifting someone up, not belittling, belittling someone. You know what happens sometimes? We think, oh, we say some things from, with our mouth. We think it's a joke. Or, you know, we, we think we are very great. We can make some good jokes. But actually, we are hurting somebody else. We don't know how we offend people when we, we talk about things. It's sometimes in those cases, it's better to keep your mouth shut than offend people. So we need to make sure that we have the oil of unity over our head. You know, uh, believe the best for people. No matter what you feel about them, just believe for the best for them. So these were the five points he shared. And all of us need to put on those points. I mean, we have, some of us have put on some of them, some of these garments, some have not. Some have put all of them, but not in, in the full measure. Some have got three garments on and not the other two. We all need to put all these five garments uh, and dress ourselves for success. And when we put these garments on, you know, God will bestow his blessings on us. God will command, the Bible says. God will command his blessings upon us. So that's what he shared. That's really blessed me. I hope it has blessed you as well. So, amen. amen. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm next on the list. Um, so there were so many, so many good, good things that I took away. Um, but just so I don't duplicate, I'm going to talk about um, a, se a session that he talked about dreaming and not limiting God, because I'm always passionate about, you know, growing and, and obviously in preparation for the personal development next week. So I'll just, um, 
soften the ground for the ladies thing next week. Um, so he used um, the book of Habakkuk. Um, I don't know if you can put that up for me. So in, in, it's actually Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. But I, if you know the story in Habakkuk, Habakkuk is a prophet, for those that don't know, in the Bible. So he was a man of God in the Bible. Um, and he was complaining to God. In chapter 1, he complains to God because there's lots going on. So there's violence. He's seen people hurting other people. So he's seen a lot of bad things happening. And he spends the first chapter complaining to God and saying, God, do something about it. When are you going to do something? And so obviously this goes on for a bit of time and, you know, he starts saying, God, when are you going to answer me? So I don't know if, Joseph, you can bring that up. Habakkuk 2, verse 1 to 3. Yeah, so he spends the first, you know, the first chapter just complaining, God, this is happening. You know, we do that as well sometimes. God, this is happening. When are you going to do this? And he's praying to God for an answer. Um, and sometimes we know that God's answers don't come when we want them. They don't come quickly. So in Habakkuk chapter 2, chapter 1, verse 1, it says, um, I will stand at my watch and station myself on the rampants. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. So that's, you know, he's complaining and waiting for God to answer his complaint or his prayer. Um, then the Lord replied, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that the herald may run with it. In the next verse. It says, for the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. So if, if you look at that, um, he's basic, Pastor Chris Rogers um, preached out of this, this message, and he basically said, you have to get alone with God. You need to spend your time praying to God. So Habakkuk spent the first chapter praying to God and telling God how he felt and about all the things that he wanted to see changed. Um, so we need to do that. Get into your word, read your Bible, you know, spend time, and then you can hear from God. Because when you read your Bible, God's, God, the word does speak and there are answers in the word. So that's, that's the first point. He said, get alone with God um, and you'll find answers in God's word. In the Bible, that is God's word. Um, so the second point was write it down. So if you look at, I think it's verse 2. Yeah, in verse 2 it says, How long must I ask for your help and you ignore me? Um, can you put verse 2 up for me, please? Yeah. So it says, write down the revelation. So the key thing is write it down. So it says, when you hear from God or when you have a vision or you have a dream, you need to write it down. And make it clear as well. So not just, um, oh, I, I want to be this or I want to see this. You know, make it specific. Make it, you know, be clear about what you want to see happen. So when it does happen, you can say, yeah, God has done that. So don't make it vague. Um, so the next point was do something. <laughs> so it's well and good you writing all these different things down. Um, but if you don't do anything about it, well, we all know nothing is going to happen. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so he's saying, make sure you get up, do something. You know, like the Bible says, you know, um, you need to do, you need to do faith. You need to do something to show your faith. Um, and then the fifth thing that he talked about was don't give up. Yeah, it says, though it linger, verse 3. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come. Yeah, though it lingers. So sometimes it takes long for us to see, you know, what, what God has put in our hearts or, 
it takes time, but he's saying don't give up. Hold on to the word that God has given you, um, and then it will come to pass. Yeah. So that's it. I think that's my five minutes. <laughs> It's all right. Everyone knows me. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> yeah, so it was, a, it was a really, really special um, conference for me, especially because um, in this conference, um, um, it was my, part of my graduation. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, it, it was really, really special and... Um, to, to top things up, um, I mean, I've been praying for my dad for many, many years to actually even come to a church service, even come into a building. For the first time ever, he actually came and celebrated with me. <laughs> and it, it was a really, really great joy having him there. And, um, and, and a powerful message of God was preached on that day, and I know that there's seeds that have been planted in his heart. And uh, yeah, it was a really, really special day for me. And then you want to show the next picture. Me and Pastor Mike, Pastor Mike came over and prayed for me. Thank you. I want to I I give honor to Pastor Mike and Mary. Angela, thank you. Um, and the rest of the church for supporting me. Honestly, it was, I wouldn't have done this if it wasn't for your support. So I really appreciate it. And I want to go out for you guys. And thank you. Um, I was going to share what Fabian shared because my dad literally came and he was a little bit disappointed when he saw me dressed in normal clothes. So he's like, oh, you don't wear a robe. <laughs> so I was like, no, we, we dress normal in, in our church. Um, but Pastor Hodges just shared um, dress for success. So it's not, it's not the robe you put on. It's the five things that Fabian shared really well. There are so many things I can, I can share with you. There are so many things I've taken on from this. Um, but one of the great things that um, I picked up as well, how many here would love to pray for a blind person and see them get in sight? I think we all want to be able to pray for people and see. But how many actually here have prayed for a blind person? Okay, one, two, three. Okay. You see, all of us want to receive these giftings. But very few actually step out and actually pray for someone. So, um, evangelist um, Morris mentioned how, you know, before he received these giftings, there have been... Hundreds and hundreds of times they prayed for people and he didn't see anything taking place. But how do you expect God to use you when you don't actually step out? So that, that, that took a, I took a challenge on myself. I'm definitely going to step out more. And, and, and even if I don't see the healing, I know I've actually planted or I've given, I've made myself available for God now to move. Because it's not us who bring the healing. It's God. Right? But we need to make ourselves available. Um, so it was a great, great conference. There was a lot of, a lot of stuff. Um, and, and, and just love the dreams. And uh, the, there was a part where he literally 
talks about his dream of actually flying in this F-16 uh, warplane. And he explained how literally it's impossible to do that because of um, all these different things. And, 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 and I was sitting there thinking, okay, he's going to turn around and say, yeah, that's my dream, and leave it at that. But then next thing you know, he comes out and he's like, okay, that was my dream, and I shared it with the church. And next thing you know, there was a, a, a general and someone else who were in the congregation. They heard about my dream, and they took it to Pentagon, and they spoke to uh, Washington, and, 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 and they literally arranged for me to get training. So next thing you know, he was at church, he was in his office, and then they came, the military came, and um, they, they brought this um, certificate certifying him um, for full training. And eventually, if he passes the training, he will be able to take the flight. And next thing you know, I've got a video for you. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? <laughs> no, I'm sorry, I don't have a video. What I'm just saying, he, he, he said, I've got a video for you. And he showed the video. And I'm like thinking, wow, that's amazing. And, and he had so much to share. And, and that's the thing, though. We, a lot of times, a lot of times we have dreams. But dreams that we can achieve. We don't have big dreams where it's out of our control. And, and what I took from that is I want, I want to have those big dreams. Those big dreams that it's impossible for me to do it, but it's possible for God. And I want to encourage you this morning. Make sure you write down your dreams. And those, don't put those easy dreams. Make sure you include some dreams that are impossible you know, without God. Okay, I thank you. My time is off. Great, thank you. I'm just going to add to that. To you. He, said, he um, said two things about dreams. So he said dreams are the language, for, language of the Holy Spirit. So I thought that was really good. And he also said dreams give your faith a target. You know, so they give you something to, to reach. So it was really, really, really good. And then don't ever say you can't, because he actually got up in front of the church and said, I know this will never happen, you know, the flying the F-16. So I think with God, there's no never. That's what I took away from that. So I think next, um, we have Auntie Mary. Wow. I have to get up here because I'm taller. And I want to see all your faces. It was an absolutely, I think... This has been the best conference that we've ever been to. We, we, we've been conferenced now, haven't we? We've been to hundreds and hundreds of conferences. But I think everything that he spoke on was a word in season. So I'm going to share what um, really spoke to All of them spoke to me. I was going to speak on dreams. I was going to speak on all sorts. But really, this would be my favorite. Because he talked about, um, we all have, um, he talked about a vision. Will you put um, Proverbs 29 on? It says, where there is no vision or revelation, people cast off restraint. In other words, where there's no vision, people perish. If you have no vision for your life, you know, you're going, no, we're just going around in circles. So he was talking about vision, and he said, what well, we want to serve our own vision. But he said, but what about God's vision? What, what, does actual, what is actually God's will for us to do? So here's the things that he said. Um, he talked about um, people lost people there's people going to hell and don't even know it 
and he said about Jesus, when Jesus died on the cross, he died for everybody's sins, our past, our present, and our future sins, and, and he paid the price. But when people don't know God and they go into eternity with, in eternity without knowing God, their sin has already been paid for, but they don't know it. How sad is that? How sad is that? So he was saying, God's will for all of us, for every single one of us, he's got different um, paths for us to go, but God's will is to save people. It's, he said, God, what God wants from us, he said, is to get lost souls saved. That's the main purpose. Me and all of us have been called to get people saved. It's not just to come to church, although it's lovely to come to church. It's fabulous, and we grow and we learn. But what are you learning, and what are we doing with what we're learning? He said to get people saved, lost people saved, because it's a shame that they're going to spend eternity in a horrible place for eternity and eternity, and that's forever and ever and ever and never and ever, in suffering without, and the price has been paid. That's the saddest thing. He also said to get the saved people pastored. So when they come into a church, they come into a family, what are we doing with the people that are coming in? How are we helping them to grow? So to get the saved people pastored. And then he said to get the pastored people discipled. And that is the key to growing. People come to church. Yeah, oh, it's lovely. They love the singing. They love the dancing. They love everything about it. But who are we introducing him to? Who, them to? Who, who did it, have they got a relationship with God? He talked about that. It was fantastic. And then he said about the, to get the, the saved people pastored, the pastored people discipled, and then there's his disciples to go and tell others and do the same for them. Reproducing ourselves is what it's, what it's all about. In Exodus 6, um, 6 to 7, I loved this scripture. He talked about, it says, Therefore, say to the Israel, uh, Israelites, I am God, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. And 7, I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God, and then you will know that I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of the, out of the um, yoke of the Egyptians. Well, yeah, that was in the Old Testament, and God did that for the Egyptians. They were, they were slaves. They were God's people, yet they were slaves. But do you know something? We are slaves to sin. We are slaves to our own will and serving everything else except for serving God. But you and me were put on this planet not to serve ourselves, not to just live for ourselves, but to live for God Almighty who created you. And his purpose and plan for you is to know him. That's his purpose and plan. In that scripture, it says, I will bring you out. God has brought us out of the world not just to come to church every Sunday and have a lovely time and, and sing come by our no. He's brought you out. He wants to set you. He want, then he, wants to, he brings you out of the world. And then he wants to get the world out of you. Because the world and, its, and the Bible says the world and its lust will lead you in, on the, the broad road that leads to destruction. But he said, then he said, and I will redeem you. In other words, he's brought you back. And to be redeemed is to be put back to the original standard where God, you know, where God made the world, Adam and Eve, they were perfect. We should have been born as perfect people if Adam and Eve hadn't sinned. But the sin separates us from God. But Jesus redeemed us and put us in a right place. So we can stand 
perfect in him, not because of what we've done, but because of what he's done. Jesus done it. Then he said, I will free you. He'll free you from the bondage of sin. He's freed you to step into that place, that will that he has for you. And then he said, I will redeem you, like I said. He said, and then you, I will be your God and you will be my people. That's what God has for us. He wants to be our people. So we talked about all them things. But um, if you just put um, Ephesians 1, I know Terence shared it. And it, it, it talks about knowing God. He said, you need to get to know. If we really, really knew him, we would live for him. We would do everything in our power to live pure, to live clean, and to know his will and get to know him. The Bible says that uh, the thief came to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come, this is Jesus, have come to give you life and life more abundantly. We need that. We, that belongs to us. But this scripture... Um, I'm getting, I'm getting excited. Get excited I will. It says, I have, not, I have not stopped. This is the Apostle Paul speaking to the Ephesians church. Terence shared it as well. I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation that so that you may know him better. Who better? God Almighty. God wants to give us a, a spirit. And it says, And I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. We are the holy people of God. We've got an inheritance, and this is abundant life that we should be having. It was a fabulous conference. I'm telling you, it's 89 quid if you if you book it next for next year. Go online and book it. Evelyn books it all by herself. We all had it planned from last year, and it's a great thing to do. I'm telling you, it was the best conference. And I've ordered it, I've ordered a stick, you know, like a memory stick, and I can you bring me in a stick when I get it, and we can copy it for you and listen to it. It's a fantastic, absolutely fantastic conference that we had. It was wonderful. Come on, Pastor Mike. Oh, I wanted to share one more scripture while Pastor Mike's coming. It's in Matthew. This is what God's called. It says, then Jesus came to them and said, this is when he's going to heaven, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, Go and make disciples of, all, disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I have commanded. This is our job. This is what we should be doing. And surely, come on, I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. That's the word of God. Amen. I think I'll stay down here. Bless the Lord. Was that not exciting? Aren't you just sorry you didn't go? <laughs> Aren't you sorry you weren't one of them that didn't go? <laughs> it was an amazing, it was an amazing conference. It was an amazing conference. And what really blessed me, the conference, was not so much the conference, but our people from here that came. I think seven of us came, seven of us, was it seven of us? Seven of us went together, you know, encouraging one another and just being there for one another. And it, it, honestly, it was powerful. It was powerful. We weren't thinking about ourselves. We were thinking about each other and stuff like that. And when 
what really spoke to me about the conference and even our church and stuff like this, that as well, it wasn't so much some of the pastors. I've heard pastors from all over the world. I've been to conferences all over the world. But did, like Mary said, this conference was just something special because it showed me that the people that we brought, you know, we, that's, that's our, our, our logo, Stronger Together. And when we came to this church first, there was only, uh, there was only a few of us. There was only a handful of us, seven or eight people or whatever. And then we started to do what? The word of God says, discipling people and raising up leaders and doing all what God said to do. And we've seen different things happen. We've seen the church change. We've seen people come to know the Lord. We see people, you know, uh, uh, coming into their destiny. And what really blessed me was Pastor Ras. See, when Pastor Ras came in here, I remember Pastor Ras when he used to be out in the, 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 the shadows. When he was out in the shadows of the porch. And he didn't feel very strong. <laughs> and he used to have his little pram. With, with, I think it was Nico. Was it Nico in it? Oh, oh, Darius was in it. And uh, Darius was in the pram. And he's about that height now, I think. And then Malangu. And, you know, they, they would just come to church and see, you know, they liked the church and whatever. But he didn't realize that God had a tremendous call upon his life. Well, he probably did, but he's wondering how, that God, how God was going to fulfill it. And... God began to speak to him, and God began to speak to me, and, you know, I thought to myself, hey, I'm not on my own anymore. God is going to do something powerful in this young man's life, and we just began to have fellowship and just chat together, and, you know, there's no big revelation from heaven or anything like that. We just started loving on each other, and we just started communicating, and we just started talking to each other and having relationships, and it was out of that that God raised them up. And we're stronger together. So over the last, I think, how many years, Ross? Probably four years you've been sort of working with me on and off. He's been working with me on and off uh, probably for the last four years. But it just blessed me so much that now here he is. He's a, 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 an, accredited, an accredited minister of Assemblies of God. You know, it can... You know, we know that God, that we know our calling is always from God, but it does help when we have credentials. You know, you don't put a plumber up on a roof. Can you say amen? So we need training. We need credentials. We need, you know, people to know who we are, you know, and they help us. So Pastor Ras could go anywhere as an accredited minister of Assemblies of God, and he can, you know, represent the Assemblies of God. Now, representative assemblies of God, we're talking about stronger together. We're talking about a mission movement with over 500 churches around the world. We're talking about sending out 67 uh, ministers in this conference. We sent 67 ministers out in this conference. 67 ministers was a... accredited in this conference. We've seen, I think I, I would say about 80 or 90, maybe there could have been more missionaries who were there and who who pastor and teach all over the world. And they, we're part of all that. See, we're not just here on our own. We're stronger together. And God has brought us together to to disciple people, to work with people so people can fulfill the calling. And the thing that blessed me, you know, and Fabian will be going through that next year. And that really, really blessed me as well. And we're hoping that Pastor Terence will be going through that next year also. And there's some of you on the brink with a call of God upon your life. And you need to rise up and say, hey, Lord, can you bring that to pass? My dream is to, you know, to fulfill your will in my life. 
And can you bring that to pass? Can you help me to bring that to pass in my life? And God will. Because when Terence come in here, uh, uh, Fabian came in here, and Jay, well, they were just a younger couple. They were a lot younger. They were a lot younger then. They were 14 or 15 years younger then. And I don't think, was he on the, was Miles on the scene then? Glenn. It was only Glenn. Only Glenn was on the scene. But they were a young couple, and we knew that God had a call up on the lives. And the same thing, we just loved on them. There was no special, you know, training. For, we just loved on them. And we just blessed them, and we were just there for them. And the same with, with, with Terence and with Portia and their family as well. And we just love on people. And let me tell you, that's the whole key. The whole key is not how much you know. It's not how much you know. The whole key is loving God. And that's what I said to Pastor Ross when I prayed for him. I said, Pastor Ross, I said, the whole key, I said, is just love God. I said, just love God with all of your heart. I said, and love people. And if you'll do that, I said, God will do the rest. And that will happen with you and I also. But as we were coming out of the conference, you know, the conference was over and everything. Oh, no, the, I came out of one of the sessions, and I seen this young lad. He might have been about 17 or 18 years old. He was just one of the workers, and he seen me coming out of the conference, out of the room. Now, remember, we're leaders, and the, it's a leaders' conference, and these guys are there, and, you know, you're someone special to them because they look up to leaders and stuff like that, and they honor the men of God, and they honor, honor the conference, and honor the... the the, the, the whole thing, they, they volunteer and they work in the conference free. They do all that free for three or four days or whatever. And they're up from early morning to late at night to serve the men of God and minister to the men of God and to help the conference to flow smoothly. And this young, this young lad, maybe 17 or 18, he was just outside the door. So, of course, I'm coming out with all the, the guys and all the, the, the pastors and, you know, just chatting with them and stuff, stuff like that. And he come up to me, bold as brass, bold as brass. And he says to me, excuse me, he said, Pastor. He didn't say Pastor. He said, excuse me. He said, could I pray for you? Would you let, because, of course, he sees my leg and stuff like that. He said, would you let me pray for you? And I thought, man, isn't that amazing? Here's a guy that wants to see God doing something. So he got down on his knees and he laid hands on my leg and I told him about, a little bit about my leg. And he began to pray and believe God. And, you know, it, it was just tremendous to see this young boy. It'll never happen, like Pastor Ross said, it'll never happen if you don't step out of your seat and do it. It will never happen. But if you will give God an opportunity, the Bible says these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Now, I didn't throw off the boot and I didn't start running around the thing, but God had done something in my life, in my leg, but also in that young man's life. So I said to him, you know, I said, oh, I just want to thank you for praying for me. And I just walked up. Probably might never see the young man again. The last day of the conference, the very last day, I think we went to session before because I did struggle a little bit in, in the conference. But, you know, God kept me there. And by his grace, we managed to, to, to be there for most of the conference. And as we left the conference um, on, the, on the Thursday, we're just getting into the car. Mary's got the car running and I'm just getting into the other side of the car. And this other young man... Probably like a little bit older than Toby, maybe. But he comes running down the steps of the, the, the thing. He said to me, excuse me, he said, would, would, would you mind if I prayed for you? He said, I don't want to offend you. He said, but would you mind if I prayed for you before you go? It'll never happen if you don't step out. 
You know, someone said before, has anyone ever prayed for people that are blind? Um, I'll just put this in. Me and Mary were at a conference in Edinburgh one time. This lady was blind, blind, and I wasn't going to pray for her because she didn't believe in Jesus. They were in my early, immature years. And then Mary said, you need to pray for her. She said, I believe that God could. So I said, okay, Mary, if you say it, I'll do it. <laughs> so, you know, I pleased my wife, and I laid hands on this lady, and the lady got healed. Her sight returned. She looked and seen the lights and seen her dog for the first time in the meeting. And Mary said to her, are you sure, you know, because you, you know, you know, she wasn't totally, but as she started to look up the lights, she started to see different things. And Mary said, well, are you sure, you know, you can see? She said, you know, were you tre-? she said, oh, I've been blind since birth. So here was a lady who had never seen, she didn't know colors or anything like that. But because we were bold and we, you know, Mary was bolder than I was and we laid hands on it and she got her sight, received her sight. And that God, God can do that with anybody. But getting back to this young lad, he's the same. He gets down on his knees and I'm thinking to myself, he's on his knees on the middle of the road and there's cars flying up and when I've got the car door open and I'm trying to get in and I'm thinking, this guy is going to get killed. Don't mind me healed but anyway we shut the car door and he just get down at the side of the car and he laid hands on me and he was standing praying for me and believing God pastor you know every bone every ligament every tissue and began to name the healing power of God and uh, he, he got up and I said to him I just said I just want to thank you for praying for me I'm saying that this morning because there's some guys here that as you step out in faith as you lay hands on the sick God will use you in a tremendous way and you will see blind eyes open you will see people come out of uh, 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 a wheelchair. I remember I prayed for a guy in a wheelchair one time. He got up, we got him up out of the wheelchair. He started walking, he got healed. Gets back in the wheelchair because he'd lose his benefits. Do you remember that, Mary? Because he'd lose his benefits because something else was more important to him than his healing. There's nothing more important than health. Absolutely nothing more important than health. And that's why God wants you and I to be bold, to be strong, and to lay hands on the sick. And the Bible says that they shall recover that they shall recover. So anyway, the guy prays for me, which was tremendous, the last day of the conference, and I'm in my car going home, thinking no more about it, because sometimes we don't really think, you know, God will heal everyone else, but he won't heal me, type of stuff. Or, you know, I've had a long time now, I'm doing good. Okay, so cutting the story, I went to the hospital for the physio, my first physio, on the Friday, and the guy is looking at the leg, and he says, you're doing tremendous, it's going really, really good. He said, what I want you to do, he said, I want to take one of your crutches. Remember, I've been on two crutches. He said, I want to take one of your crutches off. He said, and just use one crutch and putting some more pressure onto the foot. He said, not only that, he said, what I want you to do, he said, I want you to take the boot off when you're at home and walk around in slippers or sandals or whatever. He says, but as soon as you go out, put the boot on again so you can get the, the pressure. And that's wisdom as well. I'm not saying we throw our tablets away and throw everything. That's not what I'm saying this morning. But God can heal us tremendously. But sometimes there is a recovery. There is a recovery taking place. And you know, that, that was, that's what God was doing for me. I came out of that hospital. I was over the moon. I was just walking all the way. I jumped on the bus. 
at the hospital. I got the bus to so I got off that bus. I jumped on another bus and got another bus somewhere else. And then I got out to get Mary picked me up in Nordington somewhere. So that was, you might think that's not much, but that was a, an immense, a, a great achievement for me, being able to walk around, being able to do it all on my own after coming out of the hospital. So what I'm saying to you this morning is that God wants to heal you. And before we go, we want to give you an opportunity. That's what I said to Pastor Ras. I said, Pastor Ras, let me close. And it's not because I can close better than him because he closes quicker than me. But it's not that. <laughs> it's not that I felt God was speaking to me concerning healing. That God wants to raise up people who will be obedient to him. Not healers. He's not raising up healers because he's the healer. But he wants to raise people up who will be obedient to him, who will be like that guy and come and take a chance and just pray like he did for me at conference. Like the other guy prayed. I might, I'll never see the guy again. So he, not, he won't know I'm sort of in recovery and I've got one crutch. He won't know that, but that doesn't make any difference. But when you and I are, 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 are bold, when you and I will do what God has called us to do, when we lay hands on the sick, the Bible says that they shall recover. How many disciples have we got here t this morning? How many disciples? Some of you are not sure. See, because so, some of you are not sure. You know, you, some of you might think, well, I'm a Christian. Now, we're talking about disciples. Disciples means followers of Christ. Followers of Christ means they do what Christ has called them to do. That's what a disciple is. So if you're not in that bracket, don't expect this to work for you. Because the Bible says these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So as I began to think and began to meditate this morning on the word of God, I've been in Matthew 8 and I'm talking about the leopard and all the different people that Jesus was healing, coming down the hill, the multitudes following them, tremendous healings. And I was thinking, Lord, what about our church? And I sat there, and a lot of times we don't give up people opportunity to respond to God working in their lives. You know, we, like, we tell them, hey, you need prayer, or you need prayer for healing, or whatever. But for some here, there's some here this morning, there's some here this morning that need help, need help in getting yourself forward to be obedient, to do, do the will of God, like Mary said. You want to do it, but you're afraid to do it. You want to lay hands on the sick, but you're afraid to lay hands on them. Why are you afraid? Why are you afraid to do it? Because sometimes we think, well, what if it doesn't work? I feel a right feel. What if it does work? What if it does work? I had an old lady, not an old lady, I had a lady in the meeting, an elderly lady in the meeting. I changed that real quick, didn't I? I had an elderly lady in the meeting one time, and I made an altar call for healing. And this lady, she had really bad back pains for a long, long time, and she came forward, she's had sciatica or something like that, and she came forward in the meeting. And I looked at her and thought, I know that God can heal you. Because God says, if these signs will follow those who believe, in my name they shall lay hands on the sick. And I thought, but there's other believers here. Maybe there's someone I can challenge this morning. And there was this young girl, 17 years of age. 17 years of age, she was saved about three months. And I said, would anyone like to come out? And I got permission from the lady first. 
I said, would anyone like to come out and lay hands on this lady? This young girl, 17 years of age, she was about three months saved. She got up out of her seat and she said, I'd like to pray for this lady. She went behind and, you know, we didn't, you know, I didn't have time to get a catcher or any of those kind of things. But she, <laughs> she prayed for this lady. And this lady, you remember Mary, this lady went flat, flat right back onto her back lying on the ground and this young girl is like this and I'm hoping I hope she's okay I hope she didn't break because <laughs> we had no time to get someone to stand behind and do all the things and that's wisdom as well but anyway this young girl had, had stepped out boldly and prayed for this woman and this woman got up and she was total and completely healed she was totally and completely healed God had healed her back straight away all because this little girl 17 years of age thought well I'll have a go at it. I'll try it. And because of obedience, God moved in that. And that young girl will probably never be the same again. Because once it works, work once, you'll do it again. But sometimes you do it again and it doesn't work. And you think, no, you keep doing it because it's not up to you who get healed. It's not up to you what happens or what takes place. You're just called to be obedient in laying hands on the sick and believing God that God will heal so as we bring our service to a close this morning and I was praying like I said I was praying this morning and God was showing me people with depression and there's people in this church and in this fellowship that are sitting right now with depression there's people in this church right now that you're attending hospital that you're on medication for nervous disorders God was showing me this this morning as I was praying before I came. There's people and they're taking medication for nervous disorders. We're not saying throw away your medication. But what we're asking you this morning is would you give God an opportunity to heal you? See, I don't know what your, your, your position is this morning, but I know there's people in here that have suffered from depression. I know there's people in here this morning that you're on some type of medication for nervous disorders blood disorders and any of those things and God wants an opportunity to show you his power that he can heal that by his stripes you remember when Jesus died on the cross at Calvary the Bible says that by his stripes we were healed so that's an opportunity for you today you don't have to go out of this place the same way that you came in you can go out of this place healed saved delivered but the it's an opportunity for you this morning. So as we close our eyes quickly, we can play that, that record, uh, that song again. Um, guys, play something on healing. Hallelujah. Let's close our eyes just, just for a minute. And if God has spoken to you, you know, God has spoken to you through anything this morning we've spoken about. You know, the guys have shared about conference. They shared about different things on dreams. All of the different things they shared. And I've been speaking on, 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 on healing this morning. And you know that there's areas in your life that you need healing. That you'd be glad to be healed. You'd be glad to, you know, for someone to pray for you this morning. And if that's you, I want to open up these altars for a short time for prayer. And I know there's people here hurting this morning, maybe not just, maybe grieving, like, you know, grieving for different things also. And we want to just pray for you. We just want to get someone to lay hands on you and just minister to you and just to, to help you this morning. Is that you? Is there anyone this morning that I spoke about with depression? 
would you slip your hand up if you, you suffer from depression would you slip your hand up right now there's others yeah, I see your hand any others this morning you're suffering from depression please please don't sit in your seat we're not here condemning you or saying you know we're here and we believe that God is going to heal you and I'll bring it under some other things so you won't have to just come out because you're depression maybe you're the one that I was speaking to about the the medication the nervousness the whatever it is that God you see yeah say again you take a medication. Well, let's pray for you this morning, Gifty. Come and pray. There's some others you've raised your hands this morning. Just come along here and we have people come and pray for you. Don't stay in your seat. Please don't stay in your seat this morning if you have a need. If you're suffering from depression or you're suffering from pain. Is there anyone in this place here right now that you've got pain in your body? You've got pain in your body, in your shoulder, maybe in your arm, in your back. Why would you go out? The same way you came in and not give God a chance. Maybe God will heal me this morning. Maybe God will heal me. Could you play that song for me, Rasta? Uh, I'm the Lord that healed thee. Oh, it's on. Thanks, Rasta. It's already on. Hallelujah. Come on, there's others this morning. We want to give you an opportunity. And we've got people that will pray for you this morning. Let me tell you, we have people with faith this morning that will lay hands on you and that will pray for you. Pastor Paul, would you come this morning and help us to pray? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Heike, move in, move in this area here, Heike. You can move in a bit. I'm going to pray for you. Hallelujah. Come on, Pastor Ross is going to pray for us. Pastor Fabian and, and Jaya is going to lay hands on people as well. Hallelujah. Come on, just move in and just, you know, just pray with some of these people. Pa Patrick. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is there others need prayer this morning? You need a touch of God. Hallelujah. You're going through some stuff. It could be financially this morning. You're going through financial crisis this morning. I want to tell you, He is our provider. He can meet our needs. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We hope you've been inspired and challenged by this message. For more information about Withenshaw Community Church Manchester, please visit withenshawcommunitychurch.org.